Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. How are you guys doing today? The past couple of months, we've been going through the Beatitudes. Uh, It has been uh, very timely for me. And so, I don't know about you guys, but it's been good for me. Uh, It's been a lot of the things that I've had to really reflect on, remind myself about what is this faith I believe in? How does it show up? What are the characteristics of it? And I know a lot of people have spoken to me throughout this series too, saying that it's been uh, impactful to them. It's something that we've gone through before, but it seems like it has spoken to me in a, a different way as God often does through some of these things. And I know that as I present some of these things, there might be questions that come up that you have. There's questions that I have. And one of the things, just to let you guys know I'm thinking of doing here in the near future, is I'm thinking of having a a Sunday afternoon, kind of like we did the Love Feast, um, but it's going to be a lot more casual, where if you guys have questions about uh, some of the things that we've talked about, Maybe some things in general about what we believe, what I believe. I I would like you to be able to ask those questions and talk to you about those things honestly and try and uh, make them as clear as I can. I probably will make them more uh, unclear if you ask me. That's kind of how I usually work because I'm figuring out this life in Christ uh, with all of you. Um, I'm growing like all of you. I I thought I knew what parenting was until I had children, and then I had to learn, right? I I thought I knew what marriage was until I got married, and then I had to grow and learn. And and it's the same way in this faith that I have. I I thought I knew who Jesus was, but he is so much more. And I thought I knew what the love of God was, but it is so much bigger. And so I'm growing in this faith, and I'm glad to be growing with you guys. It doesn't mean that we don't have foundations that we are standing on, but there are a lot of things that we grow and learn, and I could try and share with you guys or answer whatever questions you might have. I want to make a time for that. If you are interested in that and you do have questions and you're saying, yes, Sam, I do have questions. I do want to know what you believe about whatever it is. Write them down and then drop them into the box there. And that way I can mull them over and maybe put some thoughts together on those things to answer them as concisely as possible. Does that sound good to you guys? Okay. 
And if no one has any questions, geez, I don't know. I'll just ask my own questions. <laughs> and Sam, what do you believe? Uh, so we finished going through the Beatitudes, but I'm not through with them. One of the things that we have done is kind of dissect them. But when we do that, we lose some continuity. One of my uh, biggest complaints with Bible teaching, if you will, is, is that it becomes so in-depth that it loses the meta-narrative, right? We, we start tearing things apart so much that we actually pull them from the context of the whole. I, I think the book of Revelation is one of those things where if we don't understand what John is trying to convey to a, a church that's being persecuted at a time when Rome is at its height and is dominating. If we lose that context, we can come up with all kinds of things. And I don't want to do that with this because this is so powerful. These things are connected to this whole sermon that Jesus has Preached. I used to see the Beatitudes as kind of this mini sermon and the rest of the Sermon on the Mount was after that. But really without this, the rest of those things also start to lose their continuity. And so I want to today talk about cinnamon rolls and coffee. Got you on that one. Going to China without a passport, therapeutic massage, and bacon and eggs. Okay, a little food theme going through this, right? Now, because the Beatitudes are so strongly connected together and connected to the rest of the sermon, I think it's important to go over all of them and kind of give a little bit more of continuity how they are connected to each of them. I mean, the word that connects all of the Beatitudes is the word blessed, which is a little bit unusual for us. I mean, bless can mean different things. The English word for bless, it can refer to a gift, right? Oh, they blessed me with a Starbucks card, right? Or it could be uh, something that you praise. Oh, um, bless you, my child. I don't know why you say my child, but that's what sounds like what you would say when you say bless, right? Bless is like, I'm praising you. Thank you for those things. Or it can refer to a state of being. And in the Greek, that's what it is. It's referring to the state of being. It's not talking about praise and it's not talking about a gift. It's more like a state of being. And so trying to find words that help us understand that can be a little bit of a challenge. Sometimes people say happy or how happy, but that doesn't quite cut it, right? Or the idea of prospering. That can be misleading. And sometimes I can use even the word congratulations because congratulations has to do with a situation you're in. Oh, you're engaged. Congratulations, Joe. Right? Oh, you had a child. Congratulations, Courtney. Congratulations, Mario. Um, you know, congratulations is kind of acknowledging the state that you're in. It really kind of means the, the good life, a, a life that is healthy and a life that is flourishing. But as we go through these, they don't sound like flourishing and healthy. They almost sound like 
problems. They sound like situations you want to get out of more than you want to get into. And so what we're having to look at in the Beatitudes is all these little characteristics that form a character, right? A person's character is not just one thing. It's usually a culmination of a lot of things. If a person has good character, it means that they're trustworthy. It means that they're honest. It means that they're kind, right? All these things make that character. And so if you've got a person who's honest, but a jerk, you know, the character starts to clash. It's like, yeah, he's real honest. Yeah, but he's a jerk. He tells you the truth no matter what you think or what, you know, sensitivity to that. Maybe you know people like that. If you don't, maybe you are people like that, right? And so the whole idea of character is how these characteristics come together to form this character. And so what I want to do is I want to go through all of the Beatitudes, but I want to do it in a way that's paraphrased. I'm paraphrasing it based on the things that I've talked about, uh, based on some of the um, paraphrase uh, Bibles that are out there, translations, that's the word I'm looking for, and off of some things that I've heard from Chuck Smith Jr. So to let you know, that's where I've compiled all these things. And so remember, Jesus goes up to the, the hill and his disciples are with them and then he starts to speak. And I'm going to use some of the words again that we've talked about in the past. He says, congratulations to those who recognize their deficiency, who are so broken and weak they cannot deny it. Unlike those who do not think they need a savior, the broken know they need help and welcome it. And so they are welcomed into the kingdom of heaven. Congratulations to those who know the pain of a broken heart and those sorrows that are shared by most of the world. People who have experienced this part of their humanity, for there is an end to it and they will find the only true comfort, that which is given them by God's Holy Spirit. Congratulations to those whose ego has been subdued and tamed whose hot tempers have been doused and whose claws and fangs have been pulled so there's no more fight in them and they are not a threat to anyone, but can let others go first and be happy for them. For one day they will inherit the promised land where God dwells. Congratulations to those who are discontent with the way things are who no longer fantasize justice for others and mercy for themselves, who long to see people act less like animals and more like a loving human family because their dream will come true. Blessed are those who forgive because there is no longer room in their hearts for resentment who can always find spare change for the indigent, who are known for their compassion because one day when it matters most, they will be shown compassion and mercy. Blessed are those whose lives are oriented to the one thing that is needful, 
who are, aren't half-hearted but are possessed by one passion because these men, women, and children will see God. Blessed are those who build bridges rather than barriers, who reconcile enemies and restore broken relationships, who help people meet and interact with strangers and discover all the things they share in common because the people who have God's peace in themselves and bring it to the world are one with God in character and purpose and will be known as his own children. Boy, could we use that this week with all the news. Instead of trying to push why you believe the Supreme Court nominee should go one way or the other, what if we did want to actually hear what people are saying, understand, and build a bridge so that it could move forward instead of just trying to maintain our powers. Blessed are those who suffered for trying to make society more loving and kind. Those who have found the world does not share their hunger and thirst for righteousness. And for that reason, their ideas for peace have been rejected. Those who have received not peace prizes, but disgust and contempt for trying to reconcile the world to Christ because they are welcome into the eternal life of the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when you are insulted, rejected, ridiculed falsely, accused and abused for your devotion to me and my will, or you suffer for your willingness to be ruined because you risked loving someone you weren't supposed to love, you can celebrate and be happy for you are being treated like God's prophets. And like them, you will find a great reward waiting for you. Putting these all together with all these different characteristics that make up a citizen of heaven help us to get a little bit more understanding of what Jesus is wanting to see take place. And so in the chapters that come where he starts talking about the kingdom of heaven is like, this is kind of a litmus test that we can keep going back to to see how these characteristics fit in some of those things. Because the citizenship looks like this. Years ago, when I was going to China with a group of people, I was heading a, a group of about 20 people and we were going to smuggle Bibles in China. Now I think everyone who has a smartphone in China has a Bible. It's kind of ironic, right? But back then it was some big thing. And one of the people we had with our group her name was Sylvia, and I, I was trying to think, how could I describe Sylvia to you guys who didn't know it? And Sylvia was like Lucille Ball with a Latin accent, okay? That, that's my best way of putting it. And, and so here we are going into China. We've got these suitcases full of Bibles, and we want to stay as low-key as possible. Sylvia got airsick. And coming out of the plane and picking up our luggage, she is just vomiting everywhere. 
right? And, and you're feeling sorry for her, and she's throwing up, and then she's going, I'm okay, you don't have to worry about me, blah, and she's, and she's like making all this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh gosh, you know, she's like calling all this attention to her, we're trying to be low-key, and here's Sylvia, just, I'm okay, nothing wrong with me, blah, and she's just like, and I was just like, oh, that's it, we're going home anytime now. Well, on part of this trip, when we went into Hong Kong, where we stayed, one of the trips, we went to an island uh, that was off of Hong Kong called Macau. And Macau was part of China, where Hong Kong at that time was still part of Great Britain. And so to get to Macau, we had to take a ferry and go across by boat. But we're leaving Hong Kong, which is, again, part of uh Great Britain and going into China. So you need your passport. So we make it down to the ferry and everyone's there with their passport, except you know who Sylvia. Oh, we need our passport. Yes. We're going into China right now. This is part of the trip here. We're going into She goes, Oh, I left it at the hotel. So we have to leave everybody go with Sylvia back to the hotel Leave the translator, right, which is always a scary thing. You know, hi, and people looking at you, doesn't hi mean the same thing in every language, right? And then come back so that we could then take Sylvia on another trip, another boat, and get her to Macau. Otherwise, I'm sure Hong Kong would be in flames right now, right? It was just, it wasn't going to go well. See, without that passport, you could not get into that country. You had to prove your citizenship. They couldn't just let you go in there. This citizenship, these characteristics are what we look at, what we look for to see Jesus. Do you belong to Jesus? These characteristics are what he looks like. And the thing is, you don't have to start at the top. We don't have to start with blessed are the poor in spirit. You can start anywhere. You can start with blessed are those who mourn. If you're in grief, congratulations. You're at a place where God can be encountered and you can draw near to him. And these characteristics are what we're looking for. We're looking for a merciful, kind person who will hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will also grieve for the world as it is and for their role of causing it to be what it is, right? This isn't an arrogant, look what you've done to the world. It's look what we've done to this world. It's an owning our place and seeing that the same person will work for peace. Work for peace. A broken person feels empathy for others who are broken. And then mercy flows naturally. When you know you don't have a leg to stand on, you're not trying to kick others. This character that emerges is transparent and through it the world can see Jesus. And isn't this what we want? We who call ourselves Christians, we're saying that Christ is what we want to be like. That these characteristics, we want to be our characteristics. That we want them to shape us. I have come from a, 
a background, a religious background that was really, the main focus was Bible study and the Word of God. And it was kind of a way that, you know, this was what was the most important thing is that you study and knew. But there was a lack, at least in me. I can't speak for everyone, but in my case, there was a lack on character. Because just like the Pharisees who knew the scripture but didn't knew the character of God, I was becoming a Pharisee. Where I knew scripture, or I thought I did, and I just became obnoxious to people who didn't agree with me. And I started realizing that character is really what we need to understand. That's what's trying to be transmitted. When Christ spoke to the Pharisees and he said, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life or the life that God gives, right? But they are that that speak of me. In other words, your interpretation does not line up with my representation. You've missed the point. And we can do that with the New Testament, even as they did that with the Old Testament. And so I was in this place where I tend to forget that the words of Jesus aren't just about knowing certain things, getting the information. It's about becoming someone. Someone who recognizes the poverty of spirit. Someone who recognizes grief, doesn't excuse it or try to run or hide from it, but acknowledges it. All these things are part of what makes the character that we see in Christ. And I'm convinced that wherever we are and whatever one of these characteristics in the Beatitudes that resonate with us, that is our meeting point for God and what he's wanting to do to start changing us and changing our heart, start making our hearts bigger, our lives more. And God will walk us through all the other characteristics as we step into the one. You don't have to go through the 10-week beatitude course by Jesus to then get a certificate saying, you've passed, now you're one of mine. He'll take you right where you are, say, congratulations, you're here. This is where we start. And so I challenge you as you hear these Beatitudes, or maybe even as I was going through the little paraphrase, if there is something that just stabbed you, I don't know how else to put it, something you heard it and it just went, ah, I don't really like that, or ouch, I feel that, something that you resonated to or resisted, that's a good place to start. That's a good place to look and say, why is this affecting me in that way? Because it's most likely the Spirit of God tapping you on the shoulder saying, hey, can we start here? There's a sensitivity here. There's there's something going on here between you and my words that I'm trying to help you to embrace, trying to get you to understand. And sometimes we read these things and we say, what's happening to me? 
right? I had a, a message with someone uh, here from last week, and they were saying, I, I like things nice and easy and cut and clear and dry, and they aren't that way anymore, and it's not comfortable. I agree. What's happening to me? And, and you see, what's happening to us is we're being worked. I had a, developed some headaches a few years back, and I was wondering what was wrong. It turns out it was tension. Ha, huh, who knew, right? And so I had these tension headaches, so I was real tense in my shoulders and going up into my neck, and so I had to go to this therapy, a therapeutic massage, where this lady would put me on these different machines and make me do different things, and then she'd start rubbing on my neck and my back, and she'd find a place that was stiff and there was a knot, and she goes, okay, yeah, there's some stress here, there's some, you know, the muscles are, I forget the terminology she's using, they're kind of, yeah, just, it was... They were there. And so she would then proceed to poke me with her thumbs or her skinny little elbows, right? She would just put that elbow in me like an ice pick and just start wiggling it around. And I'd be like, ah, you know? And I'm so, of course, I'm a grown man. I'd be, mm-hmm, you know, I'd just be sitting there dealing with it. And then, you know, a day later, I'd be like, oh, that feels a little bit better but I ain't going back, right? It's like, that was no fun. You see, I'm being worked. That area where that muscle was tense, that muscle was tight, had to be worked out. And so many times there's places in our lives that need to be worked out. They're the places that don't line up with these characteristics. They're the places that we are falling short. But that's the place that God meets us, right? Maybe forgiveness is really right where you fall. Maybe it's where you are. Maybe the problem that you're having is resolved where the problem is. And instead of, you know, what we see as a person who is spiritual and is a person who's got it together, that's a person who reads the Bible and who prays and a person who does these kinds of devotions. And Jesus says, well, actually, it's a person who's poor in spirit. It's a person who mourns. It's a person who's meek. Who wants to be meek, right? As we talked about, meekness was actually a term used for those who are in servitude to others. And the things that look like weakness is really right where God meets us. And so he's trying to work us, every part of us, our mind, our heart, our soul, our body. He's doing therapeutic massage. He's rubbing into those areas that need to be worked out. And through the Beatitudes, Jesus tells us, it's okay to be what and who you are. And this is where we begin. You don't have to become someone else for God to start working in your life. You need to start where you are. It's kind of that first step in Alcoholics Anonymous. You have to admit that you've got a problem and you can't fix it. And that's where we start. It's okay to be what you are to be there, to be in reality the truth about yourself, but make sure to get the truth about yourself 
so then we can live truly to what we were supposed to be. And so God is wanting to deal with us where we are so that we can move from this place to where we need to be. Because what you are is the condition that prepares you for God. And that's so important to understand. That's what these Beatitudes are, right? What you are is the condition that prepares you for God. No matter what that condition is, it's broken. That's where God will meet you. And Jesus Christ himself is the force behind the Beatitudes. He is the character that the Beatitudes are forming into. It is him being with us in each of these spaces, developing this character within us, making us new creations, changing us from what we were to what we need to be. And that turns the Beatitudes from negative into positive, right? After the Beatitudes, Jesus said to the disciples and the crowd, right? He he spoke to all of them. And so I was thinking this, like, who is he talking to? What is his audience here? And we see at the end of the Beatitudes or at the end of the sermon, chapter 7, verse 28 and 29, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. The chapter 5, it says his disciples were with them. He went to the mountain, but then everyone was there listening to him. So I want you to get this image in your mind, right? Jesus is talking to a large group of people. He doesn't know who they are. If you were to look out at them, you would see people who were lower class, probably lived every day on what they made that day. In fact, they're probably taking the time off, will not eat today because they want to go and hear Jesus. You're hearing and seeing the, the lower of the echelon of people. These aren't the high and mighty. He's talking to a multitude. Most of them are in servitude to Rome in some way or another. And what does he say to these people? He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Now, this is not what you or I would see. We, we would have seen overwhelming neediness. I wouldn't have seen salt of the earth. I wouldn't see the light of the world. I would see people who did not have a voice. I would see people who were in need. And yet that's not what Jesus sees. In spite of their desperation, in spite of their seemingly hopeless situation, he sees them as salt and light and calls them to be that. How? By these characteristics. By being poor in spirit. I've got that. By mourning 
Oh, I've got that one down. By being meek. Okay, I'm there. And then he pushes it even further. The pure in heart, right? Having a cause. Being peacemakers. Suffering for righteousness sake. These people were in places that no one would have looked at and saw potential. They would have saw brokenness. They would have saw a lack. And yet Jesus looks there and sees the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And he talks to these people without having received a ministry application from them without having talked to them to find out what they believe and what they understand about the scripture. Most of them probably were not literate in any way. And he tells these illiterate people who don't know all the things that are there in the law and all the things regarding the scripture, he tells them how to live and they will be salt and light. Where are you right now? Because that is where you need to be to move forward. You are already the salt. You are already the light. Thursday I had a lesson and I was with my client and she asked if I'd like some bacon and eggs. And so I said, yeah. Um, because whenever anyone offers bacon and eggs, you say, yeah. And so I was sitting down and I was talking with her. And so I was doing it in front of the dogs to make sure the dogs understood, you know, they can't come get my bacon and eggs. I'll kill you, get my bacon and eggs, right? So I was setting the boundary for the dogs and I was talking to her and she had just broken up with her boyfriend from five years. And we started talking about the situation and she was wondering, I don't know what happened. I, I'm not sure, you know, what the situation, why it came to this place. I don't think he wanted, you know, to grow up and to actually start developing his life the way, you know, I was hoping that he would. He seems like he's still a child. He, he just kind of doesn't take the responsibilities, not doing these things. And, and as she was talking, I just asked, well, what, what is the life you want? Is that what you want for your future? Is that the kind of life you want to build on? She said, well, no. I said, well, then instead of this being uh, something that's wrong, maybe this is actually your freedom to move forward into a place that's better. This is actually your opportunity to grow into the direction you feel that you need to grow. And maybe what seems very hurtful to you, and of course it is, emotionally, is actually still opportunity. See, maybe the, the blessed are those who mourn right now. The comfort you're going to receive is the fact that you get to actually become the person you need to be. And, and so... These are things that fit our lives where we're at, right? And I got to do a couple of my, you know, surprise the world things. I got to eat with someone who doesn't come to church and I got to, you know, share faith with them and, you know, hopefully be a blessing to them. But you see, it, it took place. The world doesn't need you to be a conqueror. It doesn't need more oppressors. It needs people who know brokenness, grief, empathy and compassion that's what our world needs is that you
Is that me? Whatever else we learn from all of this is that Jesus sees what we can't see, right? He sees in a multitude of people who are marginalized, who are low on the totem pole. He sees the salt of the earth and the light of the earth, light of the world. He sees within us and our brokenness potential. I don't see those things. And we need to maybe ask him to help us see things through his eyes. We need to see others through Jesus' eyes, of course, but you also need to see yourself through Jesus' eyes so that you can measure yourself accurately, so that you can not shame yourself and not over-idolize yourself, but see yourself in the reality of who it is. Because today he is telling us, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are what this world needs to become what it is not right now. And it is the invitation of God to start right where you're at and to move forward. What I want to do right now is I want to have a time of prayer where Whatever is taking place in your life, the people of your life, situations in your life, if you want to bring those up for a short period of time, we are going to lift those things up. I ask that you pray just for a short period of time, maybe a minute or so, so that we can hear those things. We can know what's going on in your life and what you need prayer for or who you want prayer for. And we can pray with you and remember those things that we could actually move into a place of compassion by first hearing and praying together. And so I'm going to start. And then as you feel led, please lift up your voice loud so everyone can hear it. And when time has gone by and there's an awkward time of silence or if someone's talking awkwardly too long, I will stop it and pray and we will conclude. Okay, let's pray. Father, I thank you for my family here. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for the work you are doing in Genesis. And Lord, I pray for us to be salt and light. I pray that we would be people that have the characteristics of these beatitudes. Lord, help me to understand what it is to be pure in heart, to, to be complete in devotion to you. Help me to understand how to be a peacemaker in a country that is so divided. Sometimes, Lord, I just am frustrated and I don't know how I can bring peace with two sides that are so adamant against one another. And Lord, help me to understand it's more important to be loving than it is to be right. Not only in our, my conversation 
about politics or the world, but in my home with the people I live with, God, may I be merciful even as I desire mercy, Lord. I would like to have those who are hurting, whether it be physically or emotionally, to stand right now so we could just pray for you. Anyone who is feeling trapped, that they are stuck in life, they can't get out of it. If you feel in that place, would you stand also? Lord, to us who are standing, you would say we are blessed. You would tell us congratulations, for we will be comforted. You would say we are blessed, we will inherit the earth, that ours is the kingdom of God. And you would say to us that right here in our brokenness and our condition that we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. Lord, may we embrace what you have for us right where we are. Understand that you are that close. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. I'm going to just dismiss you here. It's getting a little bit late. Thank you guys again for being here this morning. Uh, pray for the leadership. We are going to be meeting this afternoon. Pray the Lord would give us wisdom. Enjoy each other's company. God bless you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.